Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to episode 100 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobo, Peter Jones, and Todd Widener. The whole family is here to celebrate the 100th episode of the Average Cheese. Thanks to Rhonda and the folks at r Management. Thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. And thanks to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders. You can find us on Twitter at ABG Cheese. You cannot find us on Facebook. And you can find us at www.avgcheese.com. And you can email us to avgcheese at gmail.com. I got it all in there. Wow. Without making too many mistakes. Won't even have to edit my first you three have, sentences. And you've had a hundred times to get it Practice right. Practice it. <laughs> yes. Hundredth times a charm, baby. There is no player... Peter, no number zero, is there? No, there is a number one. I'm super excited about that. I, I learned that this week. So Wait, we will not have. Really? Yeah. Okay. Peter will learn this us is, on This is news to me. This is why I tune into the show. Nice. Tuning in and participating. So we will go back and do, we'll start with one and we'll work our way up to, I think it's 55. No, start. 56 maybe. I want to say Chris Gizzy was the first one we did. 57. No. I can't remember. We will work our way back up because we're going to do this podcast, whether you like it or not, people, till we get there. Because I love talking to my friends about the Packers, even when they suck. Here are the slices. Rashawn Gary's lead is getting smaller and smaller. Aiden Hutchinson seems to get his sacks in bunches. He had one and a half sacks oh. against Dallas. There we go. I'm feeling Gary a little six. bit warmer about this. <laughs> if I'm the only one that has to do a polar plunge because Peter's kicking the shit out of me in the average cheese pick them, oh, I'm going to be very mad about that. Which you are, Peter. Congratulations. Still up on top. Picking them out of the hat is working very well for you. Congratulations. I also picked them out of my ass, but I picked them wrong, apparently. And do your <laughs> rant is very upset with you that you have not relinquished your lead. Anyway, did you see the controversy at all with Mike Evans and the official? Have you guys read it all about that? No. So Mike Evans, wide receiver yeah. for the Buccaneers, who dropped a couple balls in their very ugly loss to Carolina. I did see that. So he's in the tunnel talking to two officials after the game and they handed him a piece of paper. Now it could be the, I did hear about this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Like innocuous. It could be nothing. Right. 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 It's just very strange circumstances. Shoot. They could have been asking like, who's your gardener or something, you know, who babysits your kids who cleans your house. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But that action has created quite a stir within the league because I don't want to call it collusion, but you start, you know what I mean? I right. think they're, they're yeah. feeling like there's something like that there. Hmm. NFL players make too much money to do stuff like that. You know, back in the old days when players didn't make shit for money, they'd gamble on games or they'd give up games. I mean, that happened in the past, but if you're making millions, I just don't know. I don't know how valid. Any thoughts on any of that? I wonder if the tunnel is getting more attention now. Since the uh, since the Devontae Adams deal, I, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm they put a camera in there now just to see what happens. Well, what happened? And before that, there was like all those. What fan base was it? I want to say it was the Commanders, where they all fell, and the thing like gave way, and they all fell into the tunnel because they're. <laughs> That's so, it. Yeah, maybe there's just more attention being put on. I don't know that part of the field. It's not really part of the field, but part of the stadium. 
It looks weird. It does look weird, but who knows what, what they were talking about. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Speaking about the commanders in their field, Wayne Larrabee and Larry McCarron complained ad nauseum about their spot. I don't know where they were within the stadium, but they were not pleased by where they were sitting to call the game. They kept complaining that they couldn't see guys. Blowing up some money, Dan. Straighten out your finger, Larry. Who gives a fuck where you are on the field? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you used to play in some of the roughest fucking conditions in Packer history. Who gives a shit? They need to sit with the average cheese guys because when we're at games, we got good seats. Yeah, Yeah, we got primo seats. They should have just paid for some seats. They were saying that before the game, there were people outside the Commander Stadium selling tickets for $35. Right. And what? <sighs> exactly. So that that was the whole deal. I was like, I could probably go to this game for 40 bucks. And then I was like, uh, probably not. I'll probably need that 40 bucks for the swear jar. Yeah. yeah same. Same. I started off slow, so I'm feeling good about myself. We have some questions from friends again. So thanks to Rev Trev again. Eric from Greendale sent me a text. Sean Parker from across the pond and Rob from across the pond have sent us questions. So we'll start with you, Todd, because we know how much you love Amari Rogers. Rev Trev says, how long will we put up with Amari Rogers being back there on punts? No longer. I mean, th- and this should have been like a couple of weeks ago. You could tell, like, even when he came off the sideline after fumbling that ball in this game, that they seem like they're still invested in him in some way. Maybe it's because of the injuries to Cobb, Watson, Watkins. I mean, there's really nobody left. So maybe they're just forced to, like, literally hang on to this guy. But to put him back there on punts, there's other options. Put Keyshawn fucking Nixon out there. Anybody. Without any resolve. I mean, you would think, like, we got the, you know, we, we got the special teams coach that we wanted. Like, make an adjustment. You got to pull this fucking guy. When that kick went up on on Sunday, I just thought for, for myself, I'm like, oh, God. And, and I was like, there we go. There we go. Fourth fumble of the season. Yes, it was his first one that was lost, but fourth. So you got to make the change immediately, period. At Milwaukee Bass sent me a meme that I did not yeah. appreciate, Chris, when you listen to this. Amari Rogers has five fumbles in his career. And at that time, he also had five catches, equal amount of catches as he had yeah. punt fumbles or just fumbles yeah. in his career. Put Keyshawn next yeah. back there. It's not like Amari Rogers is averaging 13, 14 yards of punt return. No, he, he's, he's also making the wrong fucking decisions. He's either skittish and is like, I don't want to grab that because either doesn't want to get hit or he doesn't want to make a mistake. And it's like, dude, what are you calling fucking fair catch for right now? He's done that several times this year, along with fumbles. How the fuck is he still back there is beyond me. There is also a less emotional reason for for them needing to make that move now. Nearly all the other wide receivers are injured, right? So he's going to have to play on offense. So now's the time, an ideal time to make that move. Multiple reasons. Are you saying Deshaun Jackson or just any of that that's out there? Yeah. That's the question. But surely there's somebody else that that can go back there. I mentioned Keyshawn Nixon. I'm sure there's another number, somebody else. That can, that Absolutely. Can or just line up 11 on the line of scrimmage and don't put yeah. anybody back there. <laughs> that's what I was saying like almost last year. It's don't better than put fumbling. anybody back there. Just let it go. <laughs> Who cares? Start on the five. At least you get the I, football. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Just let it roll. Uh, question from Rob. Peter, for you. Thoughts on the Christian McCaffrey trade? Are they giving away too much for guys like Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson? I think the McCaffrey trade rights at second, third, fourth, fifth draft picks, it's probably close to his value, I would say. I mean, the question mark with McCaffrey is always going to be, you know, how many games does he miss through injury? How long does he spend on the field? But he's a game changer when he is on the field. Probably about the right, about the right value, especially for a team like the 49ers that is has playoff stroke Super Bowl aspirations. Then you're always likely to pay slightly more for the, for the guy that you think might you know take you over the top, as it were. So it's probably about the right value. I think if you're a, a team in the 
lower half of the league, then I think it would be too much to give up. That is very interesting you say that, Peter. I thought for sure you would say they gave up far too much. I think he's an exceptional player. And, and I think the only downside is the is the injury. But I think he's, I think he's a difference maker for a team that's, that's close. And how would and, he and, fit into the offense, though? That's the question. That's always the question you have when you... The, the converse to what I'm saying is the question you have when you already have a team that's close is you're typically bringing in a guy that may be a guy that's brings skills, some of which you already have. That's the difficulty is is there aren't enough footballs to go around. And so it's a great question. The answer to which I, I do not know, but I absolutely understand the 49ers making that. Just wonder what that means for Debo Samuel. In the short term, it probably means less less lining up Debo Samuel in the backfield hopefully from his perspective, prolongs his career. And the last question is from multiple people. So Sean and Eric from Greendale ask, is a free agent wide receiver in play? And does our record affect grabbing OBJ? And who do we want? So I'd like to answer this. Is a free agent wide receiver in play? My answer is yes. Does our record affect OBJ? Absolutely, it does. OBJ is not coming to a team like the Packers who are teetering on the verge of playoff relevancy. I don't think he will come to Green Bay because of that alone. That said, I don't want OBJ. I want DJ Moore. And I know I've said this before. If you're going to pick up a guy and you're going to pay for him, you want a guy that will keep going through the Rodgers era into the Jordan Love era. And that's why I want DJ Moore and only DJ Moore. I don't want Chase Claypool. He's just another Alan Lazard. I'm not I'm not really enamored with him, but that's the guy I want. If that's the guy I want, I'm willing to give up a high pick, a first or a second round pick. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but DJ Moore is that talented And again, because you have him under control for a couple of years after that, I think that's the only guy I want because he serves the short term, getting a receiver that can actually play on the field now. And then he also can play in the next couple of years. So I hope that answers the question. Any thoughts on any of that? Let's not lose perspective on it either, because right now signing a wide receiver, whether it's DJ Moore or someone else, it's to sustain what we have right now. It's not going to fix what the fuck is going on right now. I don't know if I agree with that. No way. There are way more, there are way more deeper problems on this team than just bringing in one receiver and every, every, the the ship is going to be righted and everything's going to be fine. And we're going to go make the playoffs. And no, that's not going to happen. There's no fucking way. So I will disagree with that, and I'll tell you why. I just use up 10 quarters. So recycle while I go on my own rant here. So the reason that a number one wide receiver would change things is the Packers historically have not been good at defending the run, but they would get out in front of teams and be up 20 to nothing, and then the teams couldn't run as much against them. The drops in this game – while there were other factors that lost them this game, the eight, seven, eight, nine drops in this game stopped them from moving the football. They couldn't get third down conversions at all. And if you have a guy that you can count on, Devontae Adams, DJ Moore, whatever number one wide receiver you want to put in there, it sustains drives. They score more. Teams can't run as much. Defense stays healthy and they're not gassed like they have been in the last couple of games. I think there's a ripple effect from having a great wide receiver. It changes the demeanor of Aaron Rodgers, which I also think changes the demeanor of the team. And then you can actually run the ball again because you don't have 18 guys in the box trying to stop the run. The frustrating part about it is we knew this. We knew this from fucking three years ago. We've known this for how fucking long? And here we are. We're right now, we are in the stage of all of those decisions. Now we're, you know, into this season and the train has come off the tracks and we want to fix it. None of that makes sense to me from a management perspective. We have one more question. Peter, I'm going to leave it to you. We haven't even got to the game yet. (laughs) No, we haven't. You better keep track how many quarters you got in the jar, brother. Uh, Peter, this question is for you. What is your favorite? This is from Sean. What is your favorite Packer memory? 
Ooh, Let's talk goodness. a little positivity for a second. Right. Before, um, we get into before, the before we get into the game. <laughs> God. I have one on the field memory and one off the field memory. So I'm going to cheat and have and have two, right? The off the field memory is sitting with Red Cochran. I have Red Cochran diagramming the Packers sweep from the 60s and running through each of the blocking assignments and just talking about that place. So that's kind of my off the field thing. My on the field thing, there's been lots of, particularly over the last 25, 30 years, lots of great on the field memories. I guess my best on the field memory is the Packers winning the NFC Championship game against Carolina in 96 or the 96 season. I think the Super Bowl obviously was fantastic that came after that. But I think that championship game, to win that championship at Lambeau Field and to earn the right to go to the Super Bowl, that I think that those of us like you guys and many of the listeners been Packers fans all of our lives or the best part of our lives almost thought that that moment would never happen and that for me that NFC championship game is the biggest on the field favorite memory that I have by far Todd do you want to chime in on this or should we do more positive things next week I actually do have one okay Um, well go ahead I do mine would be the Desmond Howard touchdown in the Super Bowl it, it really was because, like, when I think back through, and there's a million moments, our kind of path towards that, that moment right there was where I was like, we're going to fucking win this game. Like, we're, we are actually going to fucking win the Super Bowl. And so that touchdown, and then when he hit the Heisman pose, like, and, and, and all that, I, I just, I don't know. I'll never forget that. That, that was my... There's a lot of moments, but that one for me was just like that solidified that we're going to win this game now. In it, the Super Bowl is ours. So. Yeah, no, I was just going to add to what, what what Todd said. Just that the memories flood back, and you think of of not only what a great play that was, but how the momentum of that game had shifted, and how that oh, single yeah. play at that point shifted the whole momentum back. And at that point, you you finally realized that. They yep. were going to win the Super Bowl. Yep. So I will do my next week because I feel like we're having lots of negative stuff to talk about next week, oh. too. And we're going to need a little positivity in our lives. So I will share my two next week. Injury updates. Randall Cobb did go on IR after I said he wasn't. He is now on IR until week 10, which isn't oh, terrible. Wow. Well, he could, could come back in week 10. We'll see. David Bakhtiari is questionable for week eight against Buffalo, which is a real problem. Chris Barnes could return. He is eligible to come off of IR now. And then Christian Watson, I have no clue what's going on with Christian Watson. They're very tight-lipped about that. The thing of all of those, the one that concerns me the most is when Zach Tom came out and said, basically, we don't – we see what he looks like in practice for Bakhtiari. So I got to be ready to play left tackle. What? I don't know that he was supposed to say some shit like that because, but he did like, he's a rookie. So maybe he didn't know any better, but that tells me that Bakhtiari ain't right. Like we've kind of talked about. I'm so confused about the whole thing. Cause, because I thought part of the reason that Josh Nyman wasn't playing right tackle was that he was, he was taking the backup reps, if you like, at left tackle in practice. Well, if that's the case, and I know that Nyman played right tackle this past week, but if that's the case, that means Zach Tom's had diddly squat reps playing yeah. left tackle. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could talk about this when it's part of the game, but Zach Tom played well. And he the offensive play well. line played well pass blocking-wise. Aaron Rodgers did have time. Now, Rodgers had to scramble around a little bit. But I want to say, and I don't remember the exact statistic, he had the cleanest pocket of all the games they played this week against a very good defensive line. So what that says is just run those fuckers out there every week until Dave is ready to go full time and he's 100% good. Because if that line played that well, you would think against a lesser defensive line that they'd be okay too. We can get into the issues about the offensive line, but like they've just shifted people around. So imagine if you're one of those guys, 
I mean, from week to week, you really don't know, am I playing? Am I not? Where am I going to go? I haven't had much time there. Okay, I can do it. I can fill in. And then the next week, you might be going somewhere else. Or you might not be playing at all. Mentally, I mean, I don't know how guys are supposed to really prepare for that. And and the Bakhtiari thing is just mind-boggling at this point. Yeah, who I mean, knows? I, I think the investment was a gamble. And we lost. I honestly don't think he's ever going to come back. And it's unfortunate. And I hate saying that because I love the guy. But I think he's done. I think it's over. And he has a mountain of salary. Oh, God. You almost have to have him come back, right? I mean, yeah. What do you do with him, right? You can't cut him. I don't know. Don't know. It's ugly. To think that that injury has been given that much care or a significant two years, right? It's been two almost two full years now. And it's still not right. I mean, at a certain point, you might have to count your losses. Can you pay a guy twenty-eight million dollars or whatever he's making to sit the bench? No, you can't. No. I'm not criticizing the, the Packers for investing in him. I, I no. I was all I was all in too. I was like, yep, gotta get him in. And then boom, the injury happens. I mean, it's gonna happen in football. Right, or any sport. It's unfortunate. Let's get on to the shit. <sighs> Let's get on. Let's do it. Commanders 23, Packers 21. Jesus. It's hard to even say that, right? Because I don't think the Commanders are a good football team playing their backup quarterback, who I think actually was better suited to play against the Packers in this game than Carson Wentz would have been. Oh, That's yeah. Just a, you know, discussion if you want to have it. But Taylor Heineke was mobile enough to make plays that I don't think Carson Wentz would ever have made plays in. Anyway, the good, the bad, the ugly on offense. Peter, let's start with you. You're Mr. Positivity. Thanks. You're welcome. The first, the, the first drive was good, was very good. It looked like it was setting the tone for the game. Packers drove down the field. Very nice play for the touchdown of Aaron Jones. Jones made a fantastic effort to get across the goal line and score. It was a very nice, nice design play and everything. And it, it looked like, yeah, this is the Packers offense that we know and love. This is the Packers offense we've been wanting to see. So that's the good. But it kind of stopped at that point. When Aaron Jones crossed the goal line at that point, that's where the good stopped. It yeah. looked normal. Well, you know, I had to go to some bumfuck bar in West Virginia to see it, but... From what I could tell, like everything looked, I was like, okay, this is it. Like maybe things are starting to, they're working through some stuff and this looks good to me right now. Everything looked great. The, the effort by Jones on the goal line was unbelievable. I mean, he just, he needed to get in there and he wanted to get in there and he got in there. I got a text during the game from a guy I work with and he said, Aaron Jones is the new Devontae Adams meaning that Rodgers relies on him too much. And I didn't answer because I was working, but yeah. Right. You have to rely on your best player. He is your best offensive player. You need to get him the football in any way you can. And they did. They got yeah. the ball to their best player. And then what? I don't know how many touches Aaron Jones had on that first drive, but he only had like 14 touches in the entire game. It was much. Well, right. They didn't have the ball <laughs> for very doggone right. long. Okay, I'm looking at it right now. Thank you, Pro Football Reference. We love you. They hear the first couple of plays. Aaron Jones, round right end, eight yards. Aaron Jones, right end for four yards. Aaron Jones, right tackle for two yards. But he had the ball like four of the first six plays. And then he scored the touchdown on that drive. So if he only had 14 touches, he right. only touched the ball 10 times the rest of the game. Any other good time that you can think of? No, no, nothing. Zero. Absolutely fucking zero. That's depressing. You mentioned Zach. You know, that's a positive, right? I mean, I, I, you know, when you're watching the game and, and, you know, I I was really paying attention. I'm like, what is the, who the fuck is out there now? You know, because I I knew that, like, I'm trying to pay attention and try to figure it out. I'm like, Zach Tom's on at left tackle. Okay. For the most part, I don't know what his PFF grade was, but... 73. Well, there you go. But Peter said he's more of a center, so... 
But you got a guy at center. Uh, do we? I don't know. Right. Do we? Maybe. Is Josh Myers the answer? I mean, he's the only consistent person who has a job week to week and knows where he's going. Everyone else, it's up in the air. Every other offensive lineman, aside from Josh Myers, it's a jump ball every week. Where am I going? What am I doing? Is it guard? Is it right time? Like, nobody knows. So you just wait until you've every, everything gets sorted and you run yourselves out there and hope for the best. That's where we're at right now. The bad on offense, Peter? Everything. Don't know where to start. Um, receivers dropping passes. We discussed this just before the show as well. I think somebody reported the Packers dropped eight passes. Now, some of those balls were... So this is the next thing. Some of those balls were thrown at their feet. Yes. And I'm not talking about what appear to be difficult passes. You know, these, these right. are these are ten yard passes. Some of them are ten yard passes with the with the receiver wide open and, and and you can't hit the receiver in the hands. I don't know what that's all about. There's too many things. There's receivers receivers running wrong wrong routes. There's Receivers, when they do get open, being overthrown by about 10 yards. On the play that Packers didn't get the pass interference call on Watkins for, Watkins would have scored if that pass had been an accurate pass. There was another one of those to, I think it was Dobbs, I can't remember now, that he would have scored on as well. Everything. We've mentioned the play, we've mentioned the play calling in terms of Jones not getting touches. And like you say, touched the ball four or five times on the first drive and then you know another nine or so, nine or ten touches for the rest of the game. 76 yards of offense, total offense in the first half, 115 yards through the first three quarters. That kind of sums it up. And, and as Todd alluded to earlier when we were talking about free agent wide receivers, this isn't one problem. This is multiple problems going on there. I mean, at the presser, both Lafleur and Rogers were asked about, we were expected to see two shell, i.e. two deep safeties, and they saw it all day, and they still couldn't, yeah. couldn't or wouldn't run couldn't the ball. Again, again they never mixed it up. It, they never it, changed it. It's as – I'm going to be honest with you. The 21 points that they did score well, – okay, seven of them came on offense. So the 14 points that they, that they did score, that flatters the Packers' offense, I'm afraid, for 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 last week. There's, there's, there's so little good to say about it. Just um, And maybe the positive in all of this – and I know we're on the bad and stuff. The positive is we've got all of the bad stuff out of the way in one in one game. <laughs> that would be great if that were the case. Because <laughs> if you're going to go on a run, you know, the whole relaxed thing, this doesn't feel like that. This doesn't feel like it right now. What other bad things, Todd? Your turn. Zero third down conversions. I think it was the first time in Packers history since... I want to say mid nineties or something. I read something that that's ever happened. Nineteen ninety nine. Yep. Oh, I said mid, but I'm in there. You can't win ball games like that. I mean, obviously, I gotta just bring this up. The Romeo Dobbs living in in the states. We don't watch a lot of rugby, and you know when they they kind of pitch the ball laterally when they're like getting tackled or whatever. He literally like took it and like fucking threw it over his shoulder. Like the fuck are you doing, dude? What is that? It was a catch and throw? Were you trying to throw the fucking ball out of bounds? He had zero catches because he never caught the fucking ball. True statement. <laughs> I mean, that's why. Out of all the frustrations on the receiver core, one of the positive sort of things that we've been somewhat excited about is the development of this kid, right? Got it. But he's not the answer. He's got issues with handling the football. Unbelievable on the drops. Now, granted, a lot of the balls were not where you want them. But you're a professional. This is the NFL. You're expected to make those fucking catches. And a lot of the times, and I'm not trying to to defend Aaron Rodgers, but a lot of the times he's throwing them because he's either running out of the pocket or trying to throw it over a lineman or at a different angle than what the optimum throwing angle is. So that's why those some of those balls are getting like that. Now, on the flip side to that, for Aaron Rodgers, stop fucking waving your fucking hand around. We all know your thumb hurts, motherfucker. All right? You don't need any more attention. Okay? We all know it. But you're shaking it all over the fucking field. 
Like you're a, a fucking pussy, right? Stop it. I'd rather have the game in Jordan Love's fucked up hands and lose this game with Jordan Love than for you to be a fucking dick and not just sit the fuck down with your God again. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Uh, that's it. Peter, you no, come on in. What it did, because I suddenly remembered the two plays that summed up the Packers offense for me. Right. So that they had two third and longs. I think they were both in the first half, or one was in the second quarter, one was in the third quarter. Can't remember. It's one of the two few times that you saw Aaron Jones go in motion before the snap. Right, and both times. So Aaron Jones motions to the left. This is on third and 15. Aaron Jones motions to the left behind the quarterback, comes out into the left flat. The whole world knows that he's getting that pass. Romeo Dubs has come open over the middle. Robert oh, Tom has come open, play. open over the middle. I completely remember this. The whole world, everybody that's watching that can see that Aaron Jones is getting that pass. And guess what? Aaron Jones got that pass five yards behind the line of scrimmage, a ball that was thrown behind him as well, which made it even worse. Actually, it was about at the line of scrimmage, he caught it, and it was a one-yard gain on third and 15 or third and 13. So that was the first one. The second time, third and long again, Aaron Jones motioned to the other direction. And guess what? The whole world could tell that Aaron Jones was going to get the pass on that one as well. It was absolutely ludicrous. So on... Third and long, third and 13, third and 11, third and 15, whatever it was, you throw passes behind the line of scrimmage that have got no chance of picking up the first down because the whole world knows where that football's going. When he's got 20 yards, he's got to run to get a first down because it's behind right. the line of scrimmage. <laughs> third and shorts, you're throwing the ball 15 yards down the field. Right. And then so that kills then on me. The, on the fourth and one play late in the game, yes, Dobbs dropped the ball. He had no chance of getting the first down even if he caught that ball because because Watkins That's wasn't true. blocking anybody. And clearly, I don't know what went on with that play call, but Watkins wasn't expecting to block anybody because he went flying down the field like he like he was running a, a fly route down the, down the side of the field. It was absolutely bonkers. And I'm sure there's sense to it, but I didn't see any sense to it. I just don't get it. I just don't understand it. Start swearing. You'll feel better. <laughs> It always makes me feel better. When's yeah. the draft? When's the draft? Someone did ask if it's too early. To, I think it was Paul asked if it was too early to start talking about the draft. The answer is yes, Paul. As bad as this season may get, it's still too early to be talking about the draft. But it doesn't matter because we got Guten fucking Kraus who can't <laughs> make a fucking decision. So there's nothing to look forward to there. We're really going to have to look back at that 2020 draft. I saw someone put it up there again. Ooh-wee beginnings of this podcast started right there let's continue with the game though so we can get this over we're talking for four hours if we continue with all this let's move to the defense and let's talk about the good Todd. let's talk about the good on defense devondre campbell's interception was exceptional great coverage and it wasn't a clean pick it was it wasn't like you know he had to like he had to fight through it right i mean it wasn't like he caught that ball out of midair it was a little bit of a fight there. It was some hand fighting going on while he was, you know, draped all over that dude. That was absolutely exceptional on, on his part. I thought that was unbelievable. He's had a little bit of an up and down year, I want to say, up until this point. And then when that happened, I was like, okay, that's why we pay that guy. I thought he kind of held up at the goal line. I was like, fuck, is he going to get tackled? Or <laughs> Did you see that? Like when he crossed yeah, the, the goal line, I was like, dude. Get you see the that? fuck in there before you yeah. start celebrating and shit. Like, fuck, right, because if you get tackled on the goal line, there is no by Tyler fucking Heineke. Right. We had talked about in the past, Peter, that Joe Barry hasn't brought pressure from anywhere else. And I thought that he did on certain occasions in this game. Brought Quay Walker a couple of times. He brought, uh, I thought Razul Douglas came on pressure a couple times too. It's not a lot, but it was some. And I know I'm trying to come up with some good in this game where there wasn't a whole lot of good. I'm hoping that Joe Barry will at least change some things and try some things other than just 
vanilla based defense. But uh, you have to try different things, and that that's my whole point. I mean, it didn't work great, sure. but they did put a, a little bit of pressure on Heineke. He made some very good plays when he had somebody in his face. Let's just go on to the bad, Peter. Ready, go. <laughs> Ready, set, go. <laughs> yes, those lack of, of words, I understand. I kind of lost for uh, lost for words. I mean, I you've given up twenty three points, right, to a Washington team that is not an offensive juggernaut. It's with their backup quarterback, the team that you're you're ahead, you're up by eleven points in that game in the first quarter. Kind of more more ugly than bad, but. I guess pick out T- Terry McLaurin did a number on Jair Alexander in the second half, and th- there's no other way he did to, des- to describe that. I'm not going to get on Jair's back like I've seen people do on social media this week. That stuff happens when you're an NFL corner. It does, right? They all get beat. It was one of those games where McLaurin, certainly in the second half, outplayed Jair. And I think you just have to take that on the chin. Jair will have more games where he pl- outplays the receiver than, than the other way around. Just wasn't one of those games this week. For me, there were a number of quarterback pressures. Again, I think Rashan Gary had five, six, seven pressures. I don't know. But again, that goes back to the point that I think Todd made last week or a couple of weeks ago. He needs to convert those pressures into getting to the quarterback. Right. And that's kind of a a theme. Getting pressure is great, but you have to get pressure that, that makes a play, that either affects the pass affects the play or you actually get to the quarterback and that doesn't happen enough for me generally so if they score those as a pressure is is a pressure scored as a pressure if the play is disrupted or is it just a like how are they even scoring that shit because to me if Rashawn Gary pressures whatever criteria they're using for a pressure they credit him with that it should be that what he did completely disrupted the play and there was either an incompletion or there was a negative outcome. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know if that's true or not, but like Peter said, it, he, he's got to start to convert that shit. Yeah. And you've been saying that for years, <laughs> not just like two weeks ago, you've been talking. And about I've made so many I, and I've made challenges and he still hasn't come through. What else do I need to do? I don't know. You can't do anything more. There was, a Devontae Wyatt sighting, though. Yeah, yeah in garbage I did time. see that. He ran a play down from behind. So he that was nice. The play, or the play was certainly run to his side and went past he him. He mangled that, that guy. He ran that play down from behind yeah. and showed some showed some hustle on that. Yeah, he did. And then, and then where did he go? Where did he go after that? But the game was over yeah. after that, wasn't it? Wasn't that right uh, at the end of the game when he mangled that dude? I mean, was the game even really? No, it, it wasn't at that point in the game. I mean, it wasn't over. I shouldn't say it was garbage time because the Packers had an opportunity to, you know, they had eight more seconds on the clock. They might have kicked a field goal and won this game. So you're, you're right. It wasn't in garbage time. But he did get on the field, and that's great. It's about time, bro. Your first-round pick. Time for you to go out there and make some plays because someone's got to. Yeah. If not you, then who? Yeah. I just think it goes back to the whole Robert Sala, we're going to drag these fools into the deep water. And they did. 38 times Washington ran the ball. 38. At the end of the game, when, when it all mattered, third and 12 conversion. Boom. That was I mean, th- Those are just. Because there was pressure on that play, too. I love uh, JR. And, and like, like Peter said, if you, if you play corner in, in, this, in this game, you're going to get beat. I don't care how good you are. That ball, and I'm not giving you know, Heineke any credit, but hmm. <laughs> that, that ball was thrown into into a shoebox. Make no mistake about it, McLaren is a world-class receiver. He plays on a shit team. But, like, that coverage in, in the end zone. That was good coverage. I mean, he was all over him. And it was just. He just didn't turn his it head was inches. It, it was inches. You know, and, and that was it. What are you going to do about that one? I mean, it, you, you want to have it back. If you're that guy and he said, I want to follow the best receiver around, then that's your job every week. And he's going to get Stephon Diggs. We're going to talk about that in a minute. If you're going to follow the best receiver, you're going to get Stephon Uh, Diggs this one. Well, I'd say he's a better wide receiver than Terry McLaurin. Yeah, hello. It's going to be a rude awakening. Strap with your chin, man. You're going to have to. Or how about Stokes? I think I texted you too with Stokes. I mean. That that was was a bullshit penalty call. It it was. My God. 
Terry McLaurin was chirping in their ear the whole damn game. I get it. I get it. But if you're a pro in this game and you're on the sideline, your backs are against the fucking wall. At that point in the game, your backs are against the fucking wall. You don't do that shit, right? I mean, you got the guy out of bounds. You guys are chirping each other ear like throughout the game. I get it, man. Be the bigger man. Get back on the field. But don't get a 15-yard penalty like a fucking idiot at that point in the game. That was so stupid of Stokes. And he just is, he is not what we thought he was going to be, I think, at this point. He is a Kevin King that's healthy. That's what we got. He doesn't come up and run support like Kevin King did. Remember, he used to, Kevin King, that's true. shoot his body that's true. at yeah. somebody. And in, that, and in that aspect, he's a downgrade. Let's just finish this. We talked about Amari Rogers. So we talked about the special teams. I don't know. Was there a good special teams wise? Washington kicked the ball through the end zone, so there were no kickoff returns. So <laughs> there's that. O'Donnell's first punt was very good. And then bad. Like he he only averaged like 41 yards a kick. Like he he's kind of up and down. It's really kind of strange for him. And Amari Rogers, it, to go back to the first question from friends. It's got to be somebody else. I, honestly, I know, I know I said I'd like to bring Deshaun Jackson in, but now I don't. I, I know that one game shouldn't change the outlook of what I think, but if they win this game and they're four and three, I do think there's a different outlook to the season, at least for me. And then I think you're still maybe buyers to try to put pieces together. But now it's Keyshawn Nixon or anybody that can catch a punt and just fair catch the fucking thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of picking up on that point and going back to what we talked about earlier in, in, in this pod, I don't think at this stage you're a good enough team to be picking up a guy that's just for this season. So I think any guys that you've got to pick up is a guy that you that you expect to be there for two or, th- for two or three years, else I wouldn't give up anything for him. And how do you expect to, you know, at this point in the season, to like bring somebody in and like mold them into the offense and develop chemistry with Rodgers? I mean, it's it's going to take time too. I don't even want Deshaun Jackson. I just want him as a punt returner. I don't. I don't want him to play one snap of offense right. unless there's people hurt. Right. Well, and and we do. You know, Sammy Watkins is going to be hurt within the next two weeks. Does he even want to play anymore? Did you I see just his don't understand. I just don't understand him. When they fucking got him on, on the team, I was like, what? Sammy Watkins? Why? What is his history that 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 makes him like an intriguing player to have on this team? Is he a one? Nope. Is he a two? Nope. Is he a three? Nope. <laughs> but on this team, he might be a one or a two. And that's where we're at. And now Lazard is hurt. And now Cobb is hurt. Watson is a piece of shit that we already knew was going to be that way. So here we are. That brings us up to our next game. The Buffalo Bills, 10.5-point favorites, as you said. The Packers get to play Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Whitewater Jesus, Jake Kummerow. Is he still on the squad? Yes. Nice. Yes. Oh, God, if he catches a touchdown against the Packers, he'll be like dropping a nuclear bomb on Twitter. I hope he does. He's questionable, but I hope he plays. Uh, do we even want to talk about? I mean, they they're gonna, bring gonna be a fucking Look. blowout. This is gonna be a <laughs> fucking blowout. The reality is that the spread here is closer to twenty five, isn't it, than ten yeah. and a half? Oh, that's what I said. The Packers game is it's, it's gonna be like twelve by kickoff, at least 12, 12 and a half. It's anybody's putting money on the Packers right now to cover the ten and a half. Just hand your money over to me. I'll I'll do something with it because you're just burning money. Ain't no way they get to ten, within 10 and a half of this no. team. No they played bad team after bad team after bad team and either won by three or lost. Like, and now we're playing a good team, a team that's going to make a deep run in the playoffs. Oh, my God. And they're coming off a bye. They're resting. Healthy. Oh, yeah. We're fucked. I mean, this is going to be an absolute obliteration. This is a Packers team that beat, that beat New England in overtime, right? And beat Tampa Bay by two points, so they're so they're literally four points away from being one and six. And do you wish they were at this point? Because when you look at the rest of the schedule, it doesn't look promising. 
They've played all the shit teams already. Now, Tampa Bay, if you would have looked at this at the beginning of the season, which we did, Tampa Bay wasn't a bad team at the beginning of the season. They played Chicago, New England, the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders. That Those are, should have been all wins. Now they get Buffalo, Detroit, okay, and who knows what's going to happen there. But they've got Dallas, Tennessee, Philadelphia, Chicago, the Rams, who aren't very good, Miami, Minnesota, Detroit. As you look down the schedule, there's no more gimmies. You don't know oh. what's a gimme. I don't there, even think it's there Detroit. Isn't. There isn't. Jets and Commanders? And oh. Giants. I mean, I mean oh granted, they're, all, they're still winning. But are they good? I still don't think the Jets are good. And then they lost They lost their running back, which totally sucks. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills, though. So on offense, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. No, there's no defense for that. You can put Alexander on him and hope for the best. Peter, Let's what are your watch. thoughts on, on Devin Singletary? Can he do what Brian Robinson, or does it matter what back you have back there playing against the Packers running? I think you got it in one there. I don't, I don't think it matters. So Singletary's, what, averaging four and a half yards a carry this season. Doesn't carry the ball a heck of a lot, ten times a game. That kind of that kind of number. Well, I think two things aren't there. I, I think one, I don't think it matters which back is back there. The Packers can't stop the run, or at this point, have, have not been able to stop the run. And I don't don't understand. I don't see why that's likely to change this coming Sunday. Josh Allen's going to pick up as many yards on the ground as anybody else does for Buffalo. Anyway, you know they're averaging a hundred and. Well, nearly 120 yards a game on the just on on the ground. Never mind about Josh Allen's passing. So I don't. It's just difficult to imagine a way that that the Packers' defense stops Buffalo. There will be a three and out probably in the game, but <laughs> maybe one. Speaking, but generally speaking, it just Buffalo is a very talented football team, right? They're gonna they're gonna run the ball on you. Josh Allen's gonna pick up yards on the ground, and then they're gonna throw the ball all over the field. Right, so you already mentioned Stefan Diggs. Gabe Davis is a huge, 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 huge deep threat, averaging more than twenty-seven yards a, a reception. They can kill you in every, in every which way. And Singletary will catch a lot of balls coming out of the backfield. That's the offense that we would like to have. That's the that's the offense that the Packers would love to be. That we used um, to have. It just looks like a ju- juggernaut. And to be fair, we expected it to be a juggernaut coming into this season. I think. I think you two guys both picked Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is a good so, team. The thing yeah. is, the Packers can't score. They can't score. That's they it's can't, that simple. They can't you can't. on defense when they you, when they need to. I mean, so you can't win games when you're scoring 14 points. You, you're just not going to win many games that way. The defense scored a touchdown. That's how they got to 21. Even if the defense plays well in a game, they still can't score enough. And not only can you not could they not score, they have too many three and out drives, which just gives more and more possessions to good NFL offenses, right? Or even to bad ones, right? You're gonna well, you're gonna to hit once ones. in a while, like they did last week when Amari Rogers muffed that punt. I think the Packers forced a field goal on that possession, didn't they? Yeah, yeah it could have been a lot they worse. They, they missed a field goal, and they missed a field goal, right? I don't know. I'm not saying that the defense is great. I'm just saying that even if the defense plays well, the Packers can't score 40 in three games. They're not going to score 40 in this game. The Packers will never score 30 in this season. Totally agree, unless it's garbage time and they're down by 50. But consequently, that used to be our mantra, where we could we could throw 30 up. Yeah. And, make and disguise people, our defense. Make, make people chase us. Yeah, that's what I was kinda, saying before. Kind of hold on to the end. So. Not happening this year. Maybe, just maybe, this will be the game where it all turns around. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have cracked open those beers, you know. Even if they did, they're not winning this game. Okay, let me just question it. Perhaps the over-under ought to be, at what point in the game do Case Keenum and Jordan Love come into the game? Yeah. It, It might happen. It might. Where it's like out of touch, where... Yeah, the game's over. Take them both out. It's been 15 years. When, when did Brett Hundley play? Is that 2007, 8? I can't remember when. 6? I don't, I don't remember. 
This is how I feel about the offense. When Brett Hundley was out there, when Aaron Rodgers was hurt, that offense couldn't do anything. That's how I feel about this offense right now. Even with Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback. So let's just finish up (laughs) this super positive podcast. Super positive 100th episode, which should have been. Yeah, it should have been a celebration of life. It should have been like. It's like the death knell of the Packers season, episode 100. Oh, man. All right. So let's do this. We have picked against the spread all year long. What What is the... So over-under. I will look it up right now. You're going to tell us the over-under is like 73. 77. <laughs> <laughs> right? It could be. Packer line could be 77 or over. Because it should be. Because Buffalo on their own going to put up 60. Okay. So, Todd, you're right. The line has moved. To 11 and a half. There you go. And it'll be 12, 12 and a half by Sunday. Not that I'm a bookie here. It's your side gig. The yeah. over under is 47 and a half. Over. Can the Packers score enough to make it over? They can score enough uh, in time. Is that the first? Is that the first half? First half, yeah. <laughs> over, and I think the Bills covered. Honestly, I think this is going to be a landslide. Okay, so over the 47 and a half, <laughs> they cover the 11 and a half. I will agree with that. Over, and the Packers can't get within 12, no. that's for sure. No. Peter, you could be the one guy that I disagrees. Think, I think not only do the Packers cover, I think the Packers win. Holy shit. Are you joking right now? <laughs> yeah, He's I'm drinking joking. our beer. <laughs> He's drinking our fucking beer. God damn it. He's drinking our fucking beer. He started drinking in the middle of his podcast. You're there, and he's drinking water. It. I, I, I felt I that you guys hadn't put enough in the swear jar. So I thought that, that would get the odd expletive going. I I think... God damn it. I had to say that one more. I think that, yeah, it's it's over the... What was the number? 47 45, and a half. 47, it's over that. It's over the 47, and, and the Bills cover the spread and, and more. I think it's going to be like 42-20. Well, I think they're going to get garbage time touchdowns because so, yeah. they're playing prevent. I think I think it'll be something like forty-one seventeen, that kind of that kind of score. And and you're right. I think it will be. It's not it's not beyond the realms of possibility that fourteen of those seventeen come in the fourth quarter. All right. So thanks for listening to episode one hundred, the centennial version of the Irish Cheese Podcast. Go Paco. Go Paco. Go Paco. Just to throw that one in for good measure. <laughs> <laughs>